This is the Colts Free Agent Tracker, a look at some key in-house free agents this offseason. In the Indiana Union Construction Industry Radio Studio, here's the voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor. Hello again. Welcome inside the Free Agent Tracker podcast, our series here on Colts.com, the Colts mobile app, and the Colts audio network. This is our off-season look at some in-house free agents for the Indianapolis Colts. I'm Matt Taylor. Inside the radio studio across the way, it's Casey Valier and J.J. Stangovitz, NFL free agency. It's coming up. It starts in the middle of March. The Colts have 17 players that are set to become free agents, either restricted or unrestricted, unless they sign with the Colts first. Last week, we took a dive into wide receiver Ashton Doolin and linebacker Bobby O'Karake. This week... Coming up in a few days, we'll talk about Taekwon Lewis, but today it's all about offense and offensive line, fellas. We're going to take a look at Dennis Kelly and Matt Pryor, two trench pieces that are set to become free agents for the Colts. First of all, Casey, I know it's been a few days, but the Super Bowl was all about trench play. The offensive line for the Chiefs yeah. did a fantastic job. I mean, I mean, both sides. I mean, really, if you think about it, the one sack that came throughout the entire game just right. happened to be Jalen Hurts just scrambling out of bounds and lost a yard. So it really wasn't even a sack, if you will. But, I mean, that is definitely one of the things that we talked about Gotta the have last it. couple days. It's definitely in the trenches. That's how the game was for sure. All right, let's start with Pryor in training camp. Pryor, as we remember, he was the team's first team left tackle, despite not having a lot of experience at that position in the NFL prior to 2022. He would start the first four games of the season at left tackle. In week five, though, on a short week, Thursday night football against the Broncos, he was moved to right tackle. Braden Smith moved to right guard. Bernard Ryman, the rookie, started at left tackle in that game. Um, when you look at it, all told, Pryor would wind up playing four games at right guard as well but then was out of the starting lineup by week 10. So kind of an up-and-down season there, J.J., for Matt Pryor. So when you look at it holistically, how would you assess the season that Pryor had playing three different positions and ultimately losing his hold on the starting lineup on the offensive line? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't what the Colts hoped it would be, and I'm sure it wasn't what Matt Pryor hoped it would be. You know, Chris Ballard talked at the end of the season about how he he thought that having Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, and Braden Smith in the starting lineup would allow an easier transition for new pieces uh, at left tackle and Matt Pryor and then at right guard and Danny Pinter, and it didn't play out that way. The Colts' protection in their offensive line was was substandard Mm -hmm. early in the season. Now, it got better late in the season, but the narrative became, you know, okay, it got pretty good once you got settled on a starting five, that was Bernard Ryman, Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, Will Fries, and Braden Smith. That is a group that did not include Matt Pryor. So it's it's pretty tough for Matt Pryor now going into free agency where, you know, yes, he has some positional flexibility, but you look at some of the numbers that he, he had, if you go to pro football focus, and, you know, he allows six sacks. That, that total right there is tied for 19th among all offensive linemen, but you're looking at a lot of guys who played – 700, 800, 600 right. pass-blocking snaps as opposed to Matt Pryor who played 388 pass-blocking snaps. So it's going to be probably tough for Matt Pryor uh, to go anywhere and find a starting job. But, you know, he, he before last year, he was a, a solid, versatile offensive lineman for the Philadelphia Eagles and then the Indianapolis Colts. And primarily an interior right. offensive yeah, lineman. Right, 
So you like having those guys in your team. You always want to have good offensive line depth. Maybe that is where he can kind of continue his career. You know, Casey, J.J. brought up Bernard Ryman, and he became the Colts' mainstay at left tackle, right? He was a rookie last year, and I don't know if you go ahead and, and Sharpie right in Bernard Ryman at left tackle next year for the Colts, but you feel good about his growth. How right. did Ryman's growth at left tackle and the confidence that the Colts started to get with him at that position towards the end of the season, how does all of that affect Pryor's free agency stock? I think it's one of those things that prior to the year, no pun intended with Pryor, we all thought that was kind of the way they were going to go about it. They were going to kind of ease Bernard Ryman in. You know, he's a third-round guy, but he was also a guy who had very limited play at left tackle. Mm -hmm. But the thought was he was the long-term answer. So Pryor was kind of just a a stopgap, if you will, to kind of ease Ryman in so I think we all thought at some point that would happen I think it happened a little sooner than we all had anticipated Um, but I think also we saw the growth that he did make which did I think limit you know where where you saw Matt Pryor's usage because one of the things we we talked about at nauseum during training camp is that he took only exclusive snaps at left tackle he didn't do anything Mm -hmm. else Mm -hmm. so when it comes to the point where Ryman took over that spot Pryor was kind of behind the eight ball because he hadn't really played or had any cross training cross training with yeah. anybody else on that line at any other spot. So I think that probably also kind of hampered where he was towards the end of the year. But definitely you saw that flexibility when he played interior. He was definitely more comfortable there. Yeah, going back to something else that you said, J.J., I mean, I, I know the season did not go well for Matt Pryor exclusively at left tackle. I mean, we talked about how the Colts needed to make a change there, J.J., but you did talk about his position flexibility. He played – Right tackle, left tackle, he played guard. He has had some really good success prior to this season playing the interior positions, especially in the running game. He's a very good running, or I should say run-blocking interior offensive lineman. Does that position flexibility at all factor into his free agency stock, whether it's with the Colts or or someone else on the open market. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, you look at guys who can play both tackle and guard, and those guys are always going to have value, especially if they've done something previously in their career. Right. And, yeah, I mean, it, it's sort of like uh, like left-handed pitchers in baseball. There's always a market for them. You always want to have one. Um, so it'll be – it'll be good for him just to, you know, maybe look back on that 2021 tape, which really was not bad. You know, he had some good games when he got in at guard, when he played, even when he played left tackle in that week 17 game against the Raiders, he was pretty good. Um, You know, he he put some good things on tape in 2021. Maybe it didn't carry over to last year. Um, But at at the very least, you know, it's not like his resume is completely barren, you know, Mm -hmm. going into this. One of the things, though, too, I think you have to play, you got to use a little bit of when you're you're grading everything is the amount of positions that he did play. That does kind of go into it where you're playing, especially when you talk about the short week. I mean, you're already limited on practice time and you make that switch Mm -hmm. from left tackle to right tackle and then you're bouncing in and out. So I think a lot of that also plays into when you grade his overall tape. It's hard to just say, oh, well, he struggled here, so therefore that's kind of what the tape is. I think all of the positions he played kind of led to it. Um, But I'm I'm definitely with J.J. and definitely with you, Matt. Definitely his interior play from a year prior and then also a little bit there at the end was definitely better tape than what we saw Yeah, he played left tackle towards the end of the 2021 season, and I I think that's what gave the Colts hope in that transition to being the full-time starter in training camp. It just didn't come to fruition. All right, let's shift over to Dennis Kelly. Signed a one-year deal last offseason, played in 16 games for the Colts, three starts, two at left tackle, one at the right tackle position. 
but played on offense in just one game in the last nine games of the season. That came in Dallas in December, and he was slow to get on the field, if you remember, Casey. He didn't see action on offense until about week six, and then he started the next two weeks at left tackle before Bernard Ryman took over and really became the mainstay, as we talked about, at that position uh, very, very unique season there for Dennis Kelly. How do you classify oh, that, it? That's a great way to put it. I mean, if you think about when he was signed, he, he was was out all of OTAs. I, I can't remember. Did he get on the field at all during training camp? I mean, if it was, he was I very limited. So. No. And then he was cut, but then initially, I mean, he was cut, and I want to say it was a day later he was brought back on that initial 53, and then you didn't see him you know, or hear from him for a couple of weeks, and all of a sudden you had all of that – you know, kind of turnover on the offensive line, and the question was... And you had some talk from Dennis Kelly. You had some chatter saying, I'm I'm ready to play. I'm here, I'm ready to go, and it was a guy that you look at the experience, and he had more experience than any of the offensive line that was, you know, being shuffled in and out, so it was like, when is this guy going to get an opportunity? And then his opportunity came, then you had the coaching change, and it looks like that was kind of the, you know, the higher-end switch of, hey, this is the philosophy we're going offensive line, and Dennis Kelly, for the long term, probably isn't in that, so let's go more long term with guys like Will Fries and Bernard Ryman so he was kind of left out so his season is very hard to grade I think he showed some glimpses of definitely that veteran savviness and that experience on the offensive line but it's really hard to grade it because it was so in and out and just choppy choppy yeah that's a great way to put it no doubt all right so if you look big picture JJ Dennis Kelly 130 career games over 50 starts 10 years in the NFL he's bounced around from a couple different teams the last couple of years he was really kind of a mainstay starter with the Titans then the Packers then last year with the Colts how much left in the tank do you think Dennis Kelly has yeah I think he he still probably has some stuff left in the tank I mean you look at some of the games he had last year the that game against Jacksonville where he did step in and start he played really well in that game that was the one where Matt Bryan dropped back what 60 times and yeah. wasn't sacked at all mm-hmm. um, you know and players his teammates talked really highly about him after that game and how he was able to step in and, and play so well even though he didn't technically start that game, they they were going to rotate him with Bernard Ryman. He's playing so well that they said, "Hey, you know, ride, let's Stay ride there. with him." Yeah. Um, you know, again, it, it's sort of like when you're looking at reserve offensive linemen. Uh, Dennis Kelly has a lot of experience in this league. He can play both left and right tackle, and he did. You know, he put a, a couple good things on tape this year. It's, it, it wasn't over the course of a long span or anything, but he did do that. And, yeah, I mean, there'll probably be a market for him similar to what it was last year where, hey, you know, we need a a veteran swing tackle on a a short-term contract and come on in and, you know, you're not guaranteed a spot on this team, but we'd like to have you here. Mm -hmm. If if this does happen, I mean, just kind of spitballing here, if this does happen with the Colts or or somebody else, I mean, is is Dennis Kelly and Matt Pryor, for that matter, I mean, are these guys – sort of wait and see what the market says they are you know are, are these yeah. are these april yeah. and may signing yep. free agents dennis, yeah. dennis kelly was may right i think you're probably looking at guys who would probably be in that that wave after the draft mm-hmm. um you know where you know I, and even you know maybe even into april i mean like the Colts signed what rodney mcleod in april last year right yeah um usually those veterans who are signing for you know a little bit above the veteran minimum or in that range usually take until april or may to get on a team yeah no doubt about that all right last one to wrap up here lumping both of these guys together i mean to the colts i i know that you probably wouldn't target either of these guys to be starters in 2023 but as we always say attrition along the offensive line injury rate especially within that unit 
seems to be a hundred percent every year. And the Colts got they got lucky a couple years ago, right? Where their main five did not miss a snap, they didn't miss a game. But that is definitely the outlier. I mean, a couple years ago, the Colts used nine and ten different offensive lines starting lineup combinations. So with that in mind, Casey, I'll start with you. Then JJ, you can piggyback. I mean, do the Colts need to resign at least one of these guys? Because they they have played well at times. They have shown you know the acumen to to thrive within you know the Colts structure, if you will. I know that's going to be different next year with a new head coach and a new offensive coordinator. But you get what I'm saying. I mean, do the Colts need to sign at least Kelly or Pryor, one of those guys, to ensure they've got known depth along the offensive line when inevitably you need it? I think the key is is that they're going to have to have a couple of those guys, whether it is Pryor or Kelly. You've got a little leg up because they have familiarity within this group. I mean, you, you talk about, you know, position groups that are pretty tight. Offensive linemen, they kind of hang out together. That, that's a group that they're really, really tight-knit. So these guys have been immersed within that group for an entire season, so you've got that continuity between players to player. Uh, and, and when I'm looking at it, I think Dennis Kelly offers a lot because he's a guy, as we mentioned, 130 career games, 50 starts. A guy has seen a lot in the NFL, and he can be that veteran sing, swing tackle and Matt Pryor offer he gives you that flexibility, the position flexibility we right talked about. Right tackle, left play, tackle. You know, kind of both tackles and even interior. Mm-hmm. So that style of, of player when you're looking at the depth, because that is definitely a part that, you know, Chris Ballard always talks about. You want to have as much depth on the trenches as you can, so it's definitely going to be an area they're going to emphasize. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's necessarily these two guys, but you definitely are going to need a handful of guys just like these where you've got that flexibility and you know you – if you need them to step in, because I don't think you're looking for a starter. I think you're looking for a guy for just depth purposes, a guy to step in. He's got a little bit of experience there. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're always looking for veteran depth on the offensive line, and the Colts are still going to be young at left tackle in 2023 if Bernard Ryman is the starter. Right. So you probably want a veteran there. Um, I think you always probably want veteran swing tackles. That's just a good a yeah. good thing to have. But, look, when you're coming off a 4-12-1 season, you got a new head coach, new coaching staff in. Um, I don't think you you need to do anything with personnel necessarily. You you want to make sure you get the the right guys for the coaching staff right, right. Uh, and for this team. And you know when you go uh, when you go eight or you know, four twelve and one, um, there's going to be change. And and especially when your offensive line as a collective played as poorly as it did mm-hmm. in the first half of the season. Yeah, sixty sacks allowed. The run game fell off. I mean, a lot of, a lot had to do with that, but. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of microscope on that unit going into 2023, especially with a new offense for next season as well. Guys, well done. We'll do it again next week as we continue to inch closer and closer to free agency and the combine's coming up like in a week and a half. (laughs) JJ, as you always said, the NFL offseason, it's hilarious because there is no no offseason. It's about right now. This is about all you get. You get like a week and that's it. Yeah, Yeah. If you you don't make the playoffs, the playoffs are basically your offseason. And then once the Super Bowl is over, everything just heats right back up. It is uh, full steam ahead. All right, JJ Stangovitz and Casey Vallier, well done, guys. Have a great week. We'll fire it up again soon on the Free Agent Tracker. I'm Matt Taylor, and again, we'll have a look at defensive lineman Taekwon Lewis later in the week. So we're going offense and defense, so we'll have that coming up in just a few days here on the Colts Audio Network, Colts.com, and the Colts mobile app. And, of course, Taekwon Lewis coming off another disappointing injury, and we'll see uh, how that will affect his future in Indianapolis. Until then, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon later on this week. Go Colts!